Okay, welcome back to another episode of Laser Graves. <laughs> I am your co-host, E.K. Wimmer. Hey, E.K. Wimmer, I am Mariah Rose. Uh, you are listening to a podcast about the 80s. Uh, 1980s, not 1880s. Nope, and R.I.P. Eddie Van Halen. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying it was clearly on your mind. <laughs> Uh, A little old news, but we didn't get to get to it in time because it happened between episodes. Well, if you are new to the show, thanks for joining us. You're coming in pretty late in the game, folks. Hey, it's never too late to (laughs) join this party. And if you are a longtime listener, you made it. Hey, thanks. This is episode 99. We have been doing this for almost two years now. And we have never missed a single week. Wow. Dedication, y'all. Totes profesh. And it's also very important because as we've mentioned a couple weeks prior, we are coming up on next week, our big 100th episode celebration. And it is a big one. We kind of toyed with what to do. We were all over the map. We were all over the place, but it became very crystal clear what was the right thing to Mm -hmm. do. You had a dream. I had a dream. While you were sleeping on top of that mountain. Yeah. <laughs> that was weird. Yep. And uh, and this is what we came to realize is we will be celebrating for our 100th episode the life and times and history and legacy of Pee Wee Herman. See you next week. Obviously. <laughs> so buckle in because this was a... Big, big one to tackle. There's a lot. A lot more than I thought there was when we yes. first thought it would be a cool idea. Yep. But So we've been we've been researching for a long, long time on it. So gear up. But why we mention that is because it relates to our big giveaway that starts today. Mm-hmm. So you need to go to our Instagram site. We are on Instagram at Lasergraves to get all the details. Sorry, Canada. But this is US only, which means also our international listeners... Yeah. Which we have very loyal international listeners, and we are very thankful for that. But you guys, you understand, because a lot of you collect tapes, uh, and you pay those international fees. So Whoa. we can't be paying them shipping costs. We love to support the USPS. They need it, but we can't do it single-handedly. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is a US-only contest. However, feel free to still spread the word. We will be giving away three prizes, and the grand prize relates to Pee-wee Herman. We will have a VHS copy of Pee-wee's Big Adventure, but our own Mariah Rose Wimmer, my wonderful co-host, who is a professional artist, has very generously drawn an awesome (laughs) 9x12 original drawing portrait of Pee-wee Herman. You can see it on the Instagram. Really great. Grand prize winner gets that one. That's a good investment. And the tape. And then we will be giving two uh, other prizes away that are a bunch of 80s related VHS tapes and smaller Pee Wee Herman related drawings that you've done. So (laughs) there is a lot of fun stuff. Uh, Please enter. Please. And like we said, go to our Instagram to to figure that all out. And we'll mention it again at the end. But good luck to you all. Yes. And we hope you win. And we are very excited to bring uh, our big episode next week for our 100th. So thank you to everybody who has followed us along the way. Some of you from episode one, which That's is crazy, kind of insane. Um, but 
this is kind of a small gesture of our appreciation is uh, this giveaway. It's yes. just a bunch of really fun 80s movies and some drawings. So yep. good luck to you all. Now that we've established our big giveaway, yep, here we, we are it. on episode 99. Before we even kind of get to jump into this one, Thrift Store Finds? Yeah, pretty low-key. Again, it's the <laughs> Halloween season, also coronavirus season. So I went into the thrift store with our girls, and they were dead set that we were going to up the ante with our Halloween decorations. Unfortunately, we have a few close friends who are super into Halloween. Yeah. And I've made the unfortunate mistake of of showing the girls. And so now we have to keep up with the Joneses a little bit. No, we can't even kind of. No. Not even in our same, like, stratosphere. No. And I I have no energy. But um, anyway, I did get a a sign for outdoors, like a vintage little cute sign. Yeah, it's kind of like a beware or something like that. Yeah, it's stripes. There's a spider. It's cool. What about you? I feel like my thrift store find is in polar opposite to our excitement over our 100th episode because oh. this this week sucked. I just did Aww. not have time to thrift. I didn't find anything. and I, You, you should have gone to the desert. It's true. I should have done a desert find. Yeah. I, I never do practical finds, but this week, unfortunately, I did. I needed some new shirts. and How sensible. Yeah, there's a few thrift stores that sell brand new clothes with the tag still on them. Yeah, and that I was is like, weird. yeah, I'll just go grab some of those. So... Sorry, guys. This was super boring. No, no, no. It's a hot tip because if you don't know, you can get brand new clothing at thrift stores. That's amazing. I think people know that. That nope. thrift. Nope. <laughs> okay. Well, we've, there you go. We've sorry. broken the news. Yeah. Sorry to keep that segment alive this week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is episode 99, as we mentioned, and we... I originally thought about doing this for our Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. We're keeping with the spooky themes, but things had to change because our good friend Mike from the Bad Taste Video podcast sent me a care package filled with insanely awesome movies. And one of them is the tip, tip, top. If I was to show you, I actually have an, a literal list of tapes I want. And the number one he sent me today, a tape I did not think I would own but change the game for our Halloween episode. Mm -hmm. So stay tuned for that one. We're not telling you right now, but right when I looked at it, I was like, well, that's our Halloween episode. Yeah. And this one, actually, we wanted to do last year, but it wasn't on YouTube last year. Mm -hmm. And we obviously didn't own it at that time either. So we really couldn't get it. Yeah, we didn't have access to it, but we do now. We are talking 1986, The Worst Witch, TV movie from our childhood especially your childhood. You got crazy eyes right now. Maybe a little bit. And things have changed in a year because we now do own it on VHS. My friend Terry, thank you very much. Longtime listener. Thanks, Terry. I knew that we were after this. We're doing it as an episode and it's dedicated to you. So he sent us the Prism release of The Worst Witch, which came out in 1994. That's how long it took. Uh, I think there's been maybe three VHS releases Mm -hmm. and a DVD but it's also on YouTube now, so yeah. get on there and watch it if you want. It's only like an hour long. 70 minutes. And we watched it with our kids, and we'll talk about what they thought about yeah. this, because they're not the only ones that had this conclusion uh, when we get to the end of the episode. Yeah. But yeah, The Worst Witch. I hope you guys have seen this. If not, watch it. 
I'm hoping a lot of you have been like, whoa, I haven't thought about that in years. It's so nostalgic. I feel like it's a holiday must watch for, for Halloween. When did you first see it? Uh, high school, probably. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't see it growing up because I didn't have cable. Uh, so I wouldn't have seen it on TV and I didn't have the VHS. So yeah, I, I must have been, I bet you I saw this after you showed it to me. I bet so. This seems like I'm, a film you showed me. Yeah, it does. And I loved it instantly. <laughs> yeah, it's so good because Tim Curry. Yeah. yeah I, I for sure saw it on HBO. It was actually released in 1986 on Central Independent Television, which I presume is British. because Yeah, it was know. a partnership. And then also HBO. Mm-hmm. Fun story. So when I was eight, my parents moved to a very small town in Montana. My dad took his first job as a pastor there. And somebody from his church gave him free HBO because they worked for the cable company. Uh And I don't think they really wanted it because it was we'd get the HBO like catalog or whatever every month. (laughs) And it it was a lot of stuff that they wouldn't in no way let us watch. Yeah. So my mom kind of heavily policed it Uh because it would have like... What was it? Real sex, whatever. Oh, sure. Yeah. It was like in the catalog. So we weren't even allowed to look at the catalog. (laughs) But the thing was, my parents felt bad because they were given a free year. So they're so nice. They're just such nice people. They continued to buy HBO until we moved eight years later. Oh, wow. But I think I saw The Worst Witch every single year from when we moved there on. So I think it was probably 89 that I first saw it. Yeah, I definitely uh, believe that and think that that was the case for many children of the late 80s and early 90s. This was a must-watch every Halloween Yes, HBO actually aired it until the late 90s, every single year. Yeah. The Worst Witch was actually created by a British author named Jill Murphy. Mm-hmm. And she first conceived of this when she was 14 years old. She oh. used to just doodle all the time. And she came up with this character, which has been a very enduring character over the years. And she came up with the story. And then when she was 18, she had gotten, I think, kicked out of art school and tried to get it published. And it got rejected by every single person she sent it to. So she just gave up. She got married. I think she moved to like Africa or something like that. Like you do. And then somebody connected her with a publisher. And she was like, well, I'll give it another try. And they accepted it and didn't make any changes to her original story. So this is the original is as was written. And in 1974, The Worst Witch uh, was published, mm-hmm. was an immediate success. It was a huge success, and it spawned several books after that and turned into The Worst Witch series. So that's how we got The Worst Witch, which yeah. was a book adaptation. I don't know. Have you ever read the book? No, but I really want to with our girls. We have a very long list of books to read, yes. but I will definitely be hitting up at least the first to see what it's all about. And if they get into it, we'll follow up. Yeah, so that is the series, and it was so successful that, of course, there was eventually talk of turning it into either a movie or a TV show or something like that. Yeah, you got to squeeze out every drop of money from the people. It finally made its way to the screen, to the television screen, (laughs) uh, like we said, in 1986. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a fantastic film. It's definitely... Heavily British, although our lead lead actress is 
not British. Did you find out, is Feruzabalk Canadian, or does she just say sorry? Uh, No, she's from California. Why? I don't know. I think she just has a strange way of pronouncing words. Maybe there are so many Canadians in California, and she was just in a troop of them. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe her parents are Canadian. Let's get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Right now. Okay, maybe not. So Feruza Balk is our lead actress. Uh-huh. She's a little girl. At the time, this is one of her first few roles. We've already covered her mm-hmm. in uh, The Return to Oz. That was the year before this. So yes. she was coming a one-two punch on this because these coming are two, in hot. two of my favorite kind of 80s kids movies yeah. ever. We did, uh, we did Return to Oz really early on. I would say that was in our first 10 episodes, maybe. Ooh, I wonder if it holds up. I'm sure it doesn't, but be very no, forgiving, guys, and give us five stars for trying really hard. <laughs> That's when we were still sitting in, literally sitting in a closet recording. I feel like I did a chicken impression. Did you? You did. You did. Uh, what was her name? Not Gail. Glenda? No. Glenn, I want to say Glenda, too. Okay. Let's go with it. I don't it. remember the chicken's name. Okay. <laughs> okay, anyway, go back and listen to uh, Return to Oz, one of our all-time favorite movies. Tell us how very professional we sounded. <laughs> <laughs> so, like you mentioned, this is a British production. It was just a partnership with HBO to air on, on Halloween, but it was filmed in England. It was actually filmed at St. Michael's College. In Tenebury Wells, which is this really beautiful old college. It just closed down this year. Interesting. And you can tell uh, that it's an old college back from the times when people were teeny tiny because (laughs) the hallways are narrow. The rooms are incredibly small. If you haven't watched this in a while, look at it again and imagine, like, realize how small the space is. The girls are, like, crammed into the tiniest of rooms. Yeah. It makes me think that we are descendants of a people of of uh, that were much much smaller like I well you're know. not you're like norwegian so you're that's why you're really tall mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, i'm not welcome in england yeah no this was a struggle for you to get through good thing you weren't a student yep this location is awesome i really do think Beautiful. this is one of the pluses of this production is the location i yes. think the school was a very smart choice yeah and then in addition to that, the crew, Robert Young was the director. He's done a ton of stuff, but it's all just kind of like television and just random productions. Nothing that stood out too big. Mm-hmm. The the one crew member I wanted to kind of highlight that okay. I was surprised by was our composer. Because if you've seen this movie, it's kind of a musical. Would you call it a musical? There are well, two musical numbers for sure. Three. Our youngest said, ah, is this a musical? When yeah. we turned it on and you specifically said, yes, this is a musical. Okay, it is because it opens with a musical. And then there's a couple other numbers. There's the big one that we'll get to. We're going to save that. But also like the witches have a, a little number and all kinds of stuff. So there's mm-hmm. there's tons of musical numbers. But that opening one is... Um, the growing up. Very, what would you say, if you could think of one play this would come from? Annie. And do you know why? Why? This is the guy who wrote Annie. What? (laughs) Tim Curry is in the movie Annie. I know. This is written by Charles Strauss, who was the composer of Annie. It's just kids shouting. Bye Bye Birdie and all those. Mm -hmm. But here's what we're dealing with. This was the opening number. Growing up isn't easy. Which I have heard you sing 
many occasions over the years. <laughs> Loudly and uh, very obnoxiously. Actually, it was sung originally by a girl named Bonnie Langford. And I looked her up and I fell asleep while I was reading it. <laughs> I was wide awake when I started. So I think she's probably famous to British people. That's They seem to really toot her horn on her web pages, but it I don't recognize her. I know she was in Doctor Who later. Oh, uh, Super Tat. Guys, shout out at us. You, they know. They, they have even, Bonnie Langford posters on their wall. No, they're like specialists in that whole Doctor Who area, too. We'll get to the bottom of this one. I don't know. So this is over our heads because it's a, it's a British production. I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand any of it. What's Tenbury Wells, anyway? Yeah, exactly. I don't know any of this. But I was kind of surprised by that composer. That was kind of cool that he was the guy who did Annie and Bye Bye Birdie and all that. I, I'm not surprised at all because every time I'm like, man, these kids are shouting so, or this child is shouting so obnoxiously. Yeah. It sounds like Annie to me. <laughs> it That's does. Funny. And then beyond the crew, we've got the cast. Now, you mentioned Fruza. Like we said, she was just coming off of uh, Return to Oz. She plays Mildred Hubble, and she's the star of the film. Uh, absolutely. And Mildred Hubble is the character of The Worst Witch through all the books. This is the character. So yes. she's a really fantastic cast. We'll talk about her as we go on. But the other big ones, we one of the things that I saw in a lot of the reviews of the time was... That this is one of the biggest cast with one of the worst special effects yeah. for TV show. So it was kind of like they how they roped in this cast was kind of incredible. But I, I think it was with book sales numbers. <laughs> yeah, but then they just completely countered it with like horrible, horrible effects, which for me are just super charming. They're I so them. bad, they're good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just, you're in for the ride when you see the effects. Yeah, so like we've mentioned a few times, we have Tim Curry who plays the Grand Wizard, which I feel like that's a problematic title. <laughs> well, not when you're talking about like witch and warlock school. Can't you just call him the Great Wizard? Yeah, I guess you could. <laughs> I mean. uh, Tim Curry... Boy, you know, talk about other episodes. He, we've covered him once in the year before this. He had done Legend. Oh, right. And man, talk about a fantastic role. He did Legend in that same year. He also did another one we've talked about doing and haven't yet. Clue. Oh, Clue oh, is so good. I've so been thinking about Clue a lot. I think I, I always think about it in the fall for some reason. <laughs> I don't but, know why. So Tim Curry did Legend and Clue the year before and then followed up with this. And <laughs> He's not in it a whole lot. No. But boy, folks, does he steal the show in a yes. very... Very amazing spectacle. He is actually the only male in this entire film. He is, isn't he? Mm -hmm. I didn't even think about that. Otherwise, it's all women. And you think, oh, is this feminist? <laughs> no. No, it is not. It is women tearing each other down, young girls, uh -huh. and all fawning over the only man. So, no. Yeah, Maybe we'll put a little pin in that one till later, because okay. that one has always been a head-scratcher for me. <laughs> yes. Especially when you see his, like, his glamour shot that they're all looking at. Mm -hmm. <sighs> okay. So we have also Diana Rigg. She plays the, like, primary teacher, Mrs. Hardbroom. And I know it's a clever name. She's fantastic. 
in this role. Like, she gives it her all. It's like she didn't even know what they were going to do in special effects. <laughs> She's so good in this, too. She's great. And she was already, we were talking about how everybody at this time was already super established. Mm-hmm. She was in the Avengers. She was a Bond girl. I mean, so she... She's Lady Olena from uh, Game of Thrones. It's Tyrell. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, she's the cranky old one. (laughs) No, she's so great in it. She's like smart and funny. Uh, She's great. She also is kind of this character, just older. Yes. And then we have Charlotte Ray, who plays Miss Cackle, and her twin sister. So she plays two roles. Oh, she's, yeah, all in. And what Charlotte, you would know from Facts of Life. Yes. She got, she does double duty in this one, and boy, does she ham it up. <laughs> and she does the musical number. <laughs> it is so incredible. Rest in peace, Charlotte Ray. That's right. Yeah, and we don't really have many other main characters or anybody who went on to do anything. I will say that the woman who played Miss Spellbinder, who... Oh, she's so cool. She isn't in the books. She was added for this film in the books i guess um diana riggs character mrs hardbroom just taught them how to fly their their uh brooms yeah miss spellbinder's a total babe too she is a dish <laughs> and she's got the coolest cape yeah i was i was telling you you should go as her for halloween and i'll go as tim curry <laughs> you know what it, this is the year to do it nobody's gonna see us so we could just do whatever we could try it out at least let's tie dye you a cape yeah, and so that's, I mean, we have all the supporting cast, but those are some big names, especially we're talking mid-80s, mm-hmm. Facts of Life, uh, Legend and Clue, like these, everybody was at the top of their game at this time, so yes, this was a big cast for a TV movie. Huge. Uh, kind of, I think, is part of the reason why it's held up as such a cult, like, classic over the years. Yeah, and I will say, too, like, for... In in modern days, we go, okay, of course a famous person, the movie star, did a TV show. That's what everybody does now. But at that time, it was kind of rare. Celebrities who were in film like did not go to TV. There Especially were... when they didn't need to. It's not like they were kind of phasing out of their career and that's right. the only work they could get. Tim Curry was coming off of two massive movies, so yeah. he just had fun with it. Exactly. But it, I think it's unusual because, I mean, perhaps Diana Rigg was going a little like in a quiet spot in her career but uh by and large most famous people did not do like a famous uh film actors did not do tv at that time yeah and i think that was a smart choice by bringing all these people in Mm -hmm. so for those of you who haven't seen it a little overview it's actually a really great little story yeah it's such a great there's very easy to follow and I could see why you would immediately want to turn this into a movie. Yes. Uh, so the general plot of this, because you have watched this one billion times <laughs> and you love it so much, why don't you go ahead and give just a little rundown of what The Worst Witch really is? Okay, so The Worst Witch is in fact Mildred Hubble. She is at a school for witches. No wizards there, only witches. And it's just a bunch of girls wearing their little witch costumes, taking classes on potions and chanting, etc. Mildred is um, a super relatable character. She is awkward. She does everything wrong all the time. Keeps getting in trouble, but not because she's malicious, just because her awkwardness knows no bounds. And she's 
absolutely delightful. And any misfit or any person who ever felt like a misfit can relate. Yeah. And what's funny is that even though she makes mistakes and she's always kind of doing the wrong thing, it tends to have positive effects. Like her mistakes tend to help people out. And so she's this likable character because she can't help doing the wrong thing. But in doing so, she's kind of the best witch at the same time. Yeah, but she just gets everything wrong. And we learn this first when she's in a class with Mrs. Hardbroom. And her best friend, Maude, and uh, there's also a bad girl named Ethel that we should mention. Yeah. Who, if you have not watched this and you go watch it for the first time, I dare you to tell me she doesn't look like Liev Shriver, like the girl version. Identical. Like, to the point of I was wondering if it was his twin sister. Yeah. And and that's not us being funny. That is the absolute truth. I don't know if I've ever seen a doppelganger like this in my life. It's... It's perplexing. It is very much but so. But <laughs> Ethel, the Sh- Schreiber sister, we'll call her, she is like the bad girl and she is the like uh, enemy of Mildred. So Mildred and Maude go to their class and they get their potion wrong because they're kind of being slapdash about their potion, which I relate to. I'm slapdash about basically everything in my life. They get it wrong <laughs> and turn themselves invisible and get in trouble. And so Miss Hardbroom sends Mildred to uh, the, it's it's like essentially detention or whatever. She has to go see the headmistress, Miss Cackle, who is played by Charlotte Ray from Facts of Life. Right. So that kind of gives you your bearings. We've got a headmistress, we've got teachers, we've got students. Yeah, and basically on that end, what you need to know is that they do various things like broom flying lessons and they get their cats and stuff. Like there's, it's just basically kids learning how to be witches in a school that's really fun but there's a sub story going on that is over the top ridiculous that makes this movie even more charming (laughs) so uh along while all of the school happenings are going on uh miss cackle's identical twin sister aggie (laughs) who for no reason has a southern drawl should we should we give a little teaser okay just listen to them delilah how dare they They've changed my school song. <laughs> I, I am such a fan of that. Uh, so, yes, Charlotte Ray acts as though... She her, acts her buns off. And oh, it's yeah. so much fun. So she uh, plays her own identical twin, Aggie, who is planning to take over the school. There's no real reason for this beyond that she seems to believe that she should have the school. She originally had the school song and they changed it and all this stuff. So it's basically her feeling like she has been pushed out and she's going to reclaim it. But let's describe her coven of witches that live in the woods that look like gypsy. What did we just say? Gypsy Gypsy pirate pirate punks. punks. They all have like pink and blue hair, but they're dressed like pirates, but they kind of, um, but they're witches at the same time. And they just dance around singing the most ridiculous songs. You know what? This is a fun episode. I'm... Do it. Who wants to hear some more music? Yes. So if you feel faint, feel faint, smelly, smelly, evil, wicked and cruel, Guys, if you haven't seen this, watch it. You know what I love that a lot of people our age are not too cool to admit that 
like 80s TV kids movies, especially Halloween ones, are just so much fun to watch. Top notch. Have you listened to our, what was it, Three Minute Werewolf? Two Minute Werewolf. Two Minute Werewolf. I oh guess. yeah, there's another one. If you guys want to listen to a really fun one, yeah, yeah there was a TV movie called The Two Minute Were- Adventures of the Two Minute Werewolf. <laughs> Dude, that one was awesome. <laughs> anyway, so I do love the witch's coven that's out in the woods singing yes. and dancing and looking like pirate punks. My favorite is the, like, I don't know, like, second in command that takes Aggie's, you know, the brunt of Aggie's rage. And she has one tooth missing, but it's not really missing. It's extremely obviously just blacked out. Uh-huh. There's no, no sense of space there. It's hilarious. And she's... A delight. I think she gets prime acting in this film. And we'll talk about at the very end, maybe some some things that this may have influenced if you haven't already started to put that together. <laughs> but I thought about Hocus Pocus because oh, yeah. they have that same kind of bumbling around, singing and dancing and being yeah. goofy. It's uh, Isn't it Bette Midler who has the big buck teeth yes. too? So I just thought about that the whole time. I was like, this kind of has a Hocus Pocus feel too that yeah. came out years later. So... Everybody saw this, by the way, so it's not speculation to say I wonder if they were influenced. Not only were the book series successful, but this TV show ran, yeah. like you said, year after year after year. So everybody knew about this in the 80s. This wasn't like, no. you couldn't not know about the worst Well, Witch. how many channels on TV were there in the 80s? Like seven, if you're in the city? <laughs> totally. So people saw this, for sure. So, okay, Aggie wants to take over the school. I guess she plans to just run it as a school, but with a different song. It's kind of unclear. Her plans are not exactly clear. (laughs) What does she want to do? Um, Meanwhile, back at the school, the girls are getting ready for their Halloween celebration where the Grand Wizard is going to come and watch them uh, get watch them do a, a broomstick like extravaganza it's kind of like a uh, blue angels uh, jet formation in the sky but with 13 year old witches on brooms exactly there you go can we talk about their adoration and obsession Ugh. this is like new kids on the block level however this is no jordan knight it's this is tim middle-aged curry. tim curry i mean what was he probably in his late 30s at this point yeah and I don't want to, like, make fun of people's looks, but Tim Curry's cool, and we are huge fans of him, but the the portrait they used, his glamour shot to, like, that the girls are passing, these prepubescent, like... Yes, they're in a class passing it around. Like, a ooh, photo. he's such a... So cool. He's, like, the cool wizard. He's got this, like, double-chin, slack-jaw Tim Curry look, <laughs> where he looks like he's bored or sniffing a fart, and somehow they think that he is so dreamy that this makes me laugh hard i mean that troubled me even as a teen girl because little girls do not find old guys hot especially this old guy like he has no, no there is you just don't see it no, 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 so no. they must have been charmed by his magical abilities but anyway it is funny that they they're all seduced by fame they're all they all they're so excited that he's gonna make the the entrance he's gonna actually make an appearance mm-hmm. for their halloween celebration yes yeah, so in preparation for this halloween celebration they all have to practice to ride their brooms and inexplicably, Mildred Hubble makes the cut in the last minute. So she is in it. But her, it's noted that her broomstick is like tied together with, I don't know, a string or something. And so 
her nemesis, Ethel, offers to give her a like a, her spare broom because Mildred doesn't have a spare broom, but she puts a curse on it. And the curse they read, can we share that curse? Sure, because it is totally made up. Yes. Okay, here you go. Fire and alabaster. Rummy, canaster. When I say faster, I order disaster. So it's like games that rhyme? It sounds like a curse I would tell our kids when I was coming up with something on the spot. Because that's all you do is curse our kids. Also, isn't this just... Have you ever heard of this ever happening in again where there's a school and there is a bully who offers up a broom... What? And there's something wrong with the magical broom. No. And they can't fly correctly. Huh? Isn't that just so weird? What? <laughs> okay. Like at a school for for, for like Yeah, like learning potions and magical spells. Isn't that strange? Hmm. I, don't, I think that's the only time this ever happens. <laughs> Definitely the only time. <laughs> okay. So Mildred goes on. It's Halloween night. All of these young ladies put on ridiculous makeup. They have some great dialogue. Get ready. Put on their show. But before that, Tim Curry makes his appearance in what is the most spectacular display of the technology of the time. <laughs> okay, so oh, this is... This is really amazing, like, in-camera effects with a camcorder. But I... We can't even put this into words. If you've seen it, this is why you love this movie. You can even just look up this section on YouTube and just watch the two-minute video of Tim Curry singing Anything Can Happen on Halloween. We toyed with the idea of playing the entire song. I don't know if that's okay with our podcast. We'll get in trouble for it. So we're going to play a clip. However, do yourself a favor... And watch the entire music video because there is a music video in the middle of this TV movie with, I, I just can't even explain how incredibly awesome it is. Something and um, going <laughs> here you go. Here's a little sneak peek. Anything can happen on Halloween. Your dog could turn into a cat. There may be a toad in your bass guitar, or your sister could turn into a bat. Okay, I added a, a thought. Okay. Is it cheating if you do another quick sneak peek right after? Definitely not. Here you go. Has anybody seen my tambourine? I may start playing, begin the begin. The craziest night you've ever seen. This Okay. Whatever. You get the idea. It's a spooky season. We can get away with that. Yep. That was the highlight of the entire movie is his grand song. Then he, uh, well, Mildred obviously screws something up because her broom was messed up and the celebrations are over because she ruined He's, everything. Quite frankly, they're really harsh on a little girl who had an accident. They're all really harsh. Also... We didn't mention, but I love how when she, her broom messes up, they all fall from the sky, a great height, to the ground without parachutes, and all the adults just watch. 
Also, and let them just crumble to the ground, and it's hilarious. But when you watch the scene of them falling, they're all girls who are clearly in gymnastics because they're doing like the bridge and a handstand, <laughs> and they just fall out of it. It's so silly. I've laughed cool. at that every time I've ever seen it. But Tim Curry is horrified at the future of witchcraft and wizardry, I guess, and he is done, and he flies off to another engagement because he's a celebrity warlock. Yeah. Or wizard, whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Grand wizard. Whoops. So, Feruza's character, our, our lead, got in trouble. Yes. And she's feeling down on her luck. And she did what any witch would do when they've got low self-esteem issues. Mm-hmm. Get on her broom with her little kitten that we failed to mention and just fly off into the sky. She's running away. So, the effects for the music video were one thing, but the f- flying effects... Wow. Uh, They're really something special. They're just, like, they don't even care about proportion. They don't care about anything. They just green screen her kind of randomly levitating and floating around. They put some birds next to her for a while. (laughs) It's really cool. And she says hi. (laughs) And I love everything about it. She wanders into the English countryside. (laughs) Like you do. And she comes across our punk pirate witches dancing around the cauldron, and overhears their plot to take over the school. They're going to turn everybody into frogs or toads. I can't I can't be bothered to remember. And she's going to single-handedly put a stop to it. And she does, because she does another awesome spell that she makes up on the spot and turns them all into snails. Yes. Puts them in a shoebox, comes back to school, immediately gets in trouble again, because that's what all the adults do here. They don't listen to kids, they just punish. And she says, look, I've got your weird twin sister in here, and she's a snail. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they tell her to turn her back. <laughs> they turn her back, and sure enough, it's a bunch of punk witches uh, acting like pirates. Yep. And she saves the day because she rescued the school from this uh, hostile takeover. Although... I kind of suspect it wasn't really going to be an issue. Aggie did not seem like she was a high performer. No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) So that happens, and somehow everybody has a change of attitude. Except for Ethel. She's pouty about everything. Yeah, but everybody else is like, oh, maybe you don't suck after all. You can turn some pirate witches into snails. And Tim Curry is like, "Your, your big reward for saving the entire school from total destruction is... You get to just fly around with bad special effects with me for a little bit. But he gives a good, like, um, I don't know, like a speech about how in every generation there is a witch. Yeah. I was going to do a, an yeah, accent. Yeah, she might not be the most obvious. And she's she, out of stack. Yeah, but she's the, she's the witch. And so she gets to fly around with him and everybody thinks she's cooler than school. And that's she is. basically how it wraps up is that It's the story of this witch who screwed up everything and somehow was rescued everybody at the end by, you know, being who she is naturally. Yep. It's such a heartwarming story and Um, it's so simple and fun. And can we just talk about how adorable Fruza was as a child actress? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Because she is so damn cute. So cute. And I watched an interview with her. Okay, we tried. We always try, guys, to like dig up some interviews or something. This was tough, tough, yeah. tough. I could not find anything with anybody. We found some kind of 
on the side things, but direct interviews. Fruza didn't do anything. I found an interview with her in 2002, and she had said when she got on there, she was really happy, and of course she's cute and charming. It was this post craft, you know, fame. So now she's like a major celebrity. Mm-hmm. But she was saying, I haven't done any TV shows since I was a little kid. And I was like, please talk about The Worst Witch. But of course, she only talked about Return to Oz because that was her big claim to fame. So I didn't get to hear her take on anything. I really wanted to. But I did get one, one sentence from a cast member. Okay. And I couldn't ask for a better sentence. It's this week's fun fact. Okay, it comes from none other than Tim Curry. Yes, I love Tim Curry so much. And he's notoriously secret about... He just doesn't give a lot of interviews. He's very few and far between with he his knows. interviews. He knows the value of not oversharing. Yeah, because when he talks, people want to listen. Yeah. But he gave one sentence, little insight into filming The Worst Witch. And here's what he had to say was, of course... Diana Rigg, of all people. (laughs) It was so cold filming in the outdoor location that to keep the adult cast warm, snuck gin onto the set. And they would all just drink gin to try and warm up. Mm -hmm. And he said they drank a little more and a little more each time. (laughs) And then eventually... All of them just got drunk, and the producers came up and were like, uh, what? (laughs) And realized that the adult cast was getting drunk on set to try and stay warm. Oh, no. So they rebuilt the entire exterior interior to keep them all warm, just so that they wouldn't get drunk in front of everybody. You can see their breath in some of those shots, though. (laughs) And I think British people don't know what real cold is, so. Yeah. I mean, it's understandable. There's your fun fact. Man, I wish I could have an entire, like, hour-long interview on that. Well, I do know what the author of the books thought, Jill Murphy. Ooh, let's hear this one, because she's got a lot to say about a lot of things. Well, she was not happy. Oh, really? Here's a quote. It's a little bit of a longie, so... Okay, no, yeah, let's, let's do it. It was one of those things that starts up a great hope and bits go wrong. The film was terribly disappointing because it had an appalling script and they made various mess ups, like with the costumes. When the girls saw the costumes, they practically cried because the hats looked ridiculous. Diana Rigg and Tim Curry did their absolute best with weak special effects, but they didn't have very good material. Oh, so she's complaining. She, I'm... You know what? It was her vision, though. True. However... If I wrote a book and it came to the screen, I think I would maybe be like, hey, wasn't quite what I was thinking, but... Well, okay. Here's what I have to say about that. If that had been my, like, pride and joy cherished book idea from when I was 14, Mm -hmm. and that's what happened to it, it would be a really tough pill to swallow. I think that as as time elapsed, because I think this was, you know... A, a little bit later, but closer to the film, because she does, in this interview, go on to say that the second iteration was better. Mm-hmm. But I think that maybe as she reviews it now, she might be able to see it with through a different lens as time has elapsed and see how it could be a, you know, a treasure to some and maybe lead people to her books. Yeah, I think there's also that larger story about 
you know, it's kind of like the shining issue where, yes, it wasn't true to your book. However, this is what people know and love. And there's something about this frenzied cult following of something you've created that makes you change your tune a little. I haven't read an interview with her more recent to know mm-hmm. what she thinks, but it did air October 31st, 1986. So cool. this was your Halloween special. And as far as what this went on to do, it was received really well. I mean, people really enjoyed it. It's fun. Well, and the fact that it was played every single year until the late 90s on tells you something. On both HBO and the Disney Channel. Yes. I have no idea what was happening in England on whatever central independent television, but I suspect they were playing it as well. Yeah. So it was showing every single Halloween on multiple channels as well as, like I said, in 94, the Prism release came out on VHS, which mm-hmm. we have. Two more releases came out after that. And then the DVD. So it just kept, it did keep a life to yeah. it. You know, and it was there in the pop culture. It was just one of those Halloween specials that a lot of people knew, yeah. looked forward to, grew up with, and loved. Which brings us to the kind of elephant in the room. Yeah. Is... There is no way, especially as a British show and a British author Mm -hmm. and a major selling series, that another British author wouldn't be aware of this series. No doubt. There have been for years and years and years, countless similarities and people drawing attention to Harry Potter. Yeah. Because it's not, it doesn't take a genius to put this together. I mean... Just the potion instructor alone is straight up Snape. I mean, there's yeah. Dumbledore. I mean, it's it, there's Malfoy. I mean, there, it's all there. There's broom lessons. There's games. They're at a school learning potions. It's it does. It's not a leap. This no. came out in 1974, and this was a major series. There were eight books that came out total. Yeah, from 1974 to 2018, I think was mm-hmm. the most recent one. That was the final book. What bothers me is. Okay, yes, it's clearly there's something there. And to my knowledge, everything I've read is that she won't even acknowledge it. There was never a lawsuit, but there was a lot of people pushing for lawsuits mm. saying like she straight up just ripped off the worst witch. Well, I've also heard the same thing with the Chronicles of Narnia, and she's admitted being influenced by that series as well. I don't think on a religious level, but just like that, the idea of the series and the battling mm-hmm. of evil and stuff like that. So I think that, she, you know, J.K. Rowling's under a lot of fire these days, so I don't feel like her biggest defender, but... I will say that we all, as creative types, are borrowing from others, whether we are directly aware of it or not, is another thing. Perhaps she didn't do it intentionally and later discovered it and felt bad. Or maybe she was just like, how weird that we really reached the same conclusion you know, at different times, because I can tell you, and I know you know this, as a creative person, a lot of times people reach these same conclusions, feel like they have an original idea, and then turn around and go, oh, crap, 9,000 other people did this. Yeah, I agree. And I think there's a little bit of that. So I don't think it was a straight up ripoff. Mm -hmm. But I think what bothers me about this is just her not coming out in front and going like, I am a British author of the right age to have like been fully aware that this showed every single Halloween. It was a major selling franchise Mm -hmm. about a school of witches. The similarities are so similar in the character development that 
I think I would have just, it would have been great. And if there is, I would love to see that because maybe I would be not so intense about it. But it reminds me of the band Interpol. And when they were called out and said, well, you've really, you're big fans of Joy Division, clearly. Rather than going, duh, of course we are. Not only are we all like art school students and clearly no post-punk, but Joy Division's like one of the biggest bands from the era. They all kind of just played silent. We're like, who? You know what? This is where, and you can refer back to our podcast on the matter, Andy Warhol is who you need to follow. When people go, Andy Warhol, you are, are you borrowing from this person? He goes, yes. I know. He, no, no hesitation. I have no original ideas. And he's just like embraces that. And then he's beloved for that. How great would it be if JK had been like, yeah. Absolutely. It was great. I wanted to take it in a new direction. This was the seed for my idea. Mm-hmm. The end. And actually, as our daughters watched this, they were like, what? Yeah, they weren't what? having it. They're huge Harry Potter fans. They called out every single similarity. And we had to keep saying, actually, Snape was this character. Yeah. They weren't Snape. Like, I, you know, yeah. to like constantly remind them that it came first. But it is, it's interesting. I think it is worth mentioning, though. I mean, we couldn't oh, get through sure. the worst witch without acknowledging that one of the biggest children's franchises in history maybe wasn't as original as we thought. And also the author of The Worst Witch flat out like openly said, I loved The Chronicles of Narnia. I wanted to write something like that. So she did not hide that either. And I think that there's just kind of some, you just got to do the right thing. Um, But like you said, JK's kind of dug her own grave and I'm, I'm not really up for defending her. However, uh, the Worst Witch is a very charming series, and this movie is really cute. And I, I do think if you're Harry Potter fans and you haven't seen The Worst Witch, be aware of that when going yeah. into it, that you're going to be like, whoa. But if you have seen it, um, man, how could you not grow up just loving everything yeah. about this? Yeah. Like we mentioned, eight books came out total. And then there were there was a lasting legacy after this stopped airing, really. It got picked up. A TV series came out. So this was the second one that you mentioned the author really did like was from 98 to 2001. A TV series called The Worst Witch came out. Mm -hmm. I've watched a couple episodes now. Yeah. Um, Granted, of course, you're going to have a better show if you have a series versus one hour to tell the story. Yeah, you have more time for character development. I don't feel like they really tried to change the effects. What? The flying looks identical. Okay, but... That was a time. I I would say in the last decade and a half, things have really changed. (laughs) So, I mean, they were just a little over 10 years removed. Yeah. Well, so that came out. That was pretty successful, actually. And then two spinoffs from that came out. In 2001, there was this one called Weird Sister College, which was, I was told, is like a Saved by the Bell kind of thing. Yes. And then another one called The New Worst Witch in 2005. But then the big one that a new generation is growing up with, and I actually want to watch it with our kids because I'm very interested. I think the girls have actually watched it. Okay. In 2017, Netflix started uh, the the new reboot of The Worst Witch. And that's what's happening right now. So it is still very much relevant and part of pop culture. Yeah. This film, every time I watch it, you take it with a grain of salt and you just laugh and you have fun with it. And it's one of those films that, especially if you grew up on it, you sing along, you yes. laugh at all the jokes, and you're endlessly charmed by the cast because yes. it's just a perfect Halloween special. 
And if you are looking for something really fun to watch on Halloween night, mm-hmm. nostalgic reasons, or if you have a family and you want to watch something all together. Yeah, our kids, like we said, <laughs> yeah. even though they had some criticisms, they did sit through it all and enjoy it. This is the perfect little Halloween special. It yes. still holds up. So that is episode 99. Whoop, whoop. Uh, the Worst Witch from 1986. And we did it. We did it. We uh, we wanted to do it last year. We finally got around to it. We hope that you guys enjoyed it. And like we mentioned at the very beginning, um, that means that next week is episode 100. I feel like we still have some cramming to do. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So much. This is like Weird Al 5.0 right now. So much. It's intense, guys. But we are going to do our best to put it all together the best we can to give you a really fun show. We're doing that giveaway like we mentioned. So go to Instagram. Please. You can follow us there. Please, if you like what you heard this uh, episode or just in general, rate, review, subscribe. We're anywhere and everywhere you find your podcast. We're actually on um, Amazon now, too. Cool. Go there. Give us five stars. If you want to follow us on our personal sites on Instagram, I'm at death at 33 RPM. I'm at Mariah Rose Wimmer. And as always, follow our friends and fellow podcasters. We will shout them out throughout the week as their episodes air on our stories. Uh, it is wonderful community. We're having fun doing it. And not only will we be doing a giveaway next week for our 100th, but we have a very big announcement. But you're going to have to wait till next week. We can't give it all away. So uh, that is The Worst Witch. And next week, we will see you for Pee Wee Herman. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.